a millennial I, conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom. Well, I, I don't know exactly today what the current exchange rate is between uh, the Russian ruble and the American dollar, but I can tell you one exchange rate uh, that has been established, and it's very disadvantageous to Americans. Uh, one gay WNBA player gets you exactly one Russian terrorist and arms dealer. This is the uh, new exchange rate that's been established by Joe Biden. And, you know, for all the talk out there, of Joe Biden talking about how, you know, conservatives, Christians, uh, MAGA people are just bigoted, uh, you know, that this this country, you know, you're not safe in it if you're LGBT. Well, I got to tell you, Joe Biden just single-handedly made circumstances more dangerous than anyone else ever could for so-called LGBTQ plus YZA, whatever, you know, the alphabet people ever, because right now, If you're an enemy of the United States of America, you're going to be looking for anybody LGBTQ out there, especially, especially if you're a WNBA player, because you know that Joe Biden's willing to trade uh, the worst of mankind, terrorists, give them back to you if in exchange. Uh, And that's the reality. Captain, I came across this story and it, 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 it blew my mind. It really did. It really did. And we're going to get to it in a minute. But but Kathy Hochul in New York, this is going to astound you. She is going, well, she's laying the foundation. She's starting to fund the uh, circumstances and the apparatus by which re-education camps are going to be established in the state of New York. I kid you not. And all this stuff is tied together, right? You've seen the reaction by the left uh, to Elon Musk returning platforms to Twitter. You know, we're turning it to a free speech platform and the left is losing their minds because, you know, our free speech, uh, any kind of voices of dissent, right? Uh, it's getting people killed, they say. It's dangerous. It has to be monitored. And I want to say something about Twitter real quick. You know, Twitter in itself was was never particularly impactful, right? In the sense that most Americans, the majority of Americans were not even on Twitter as a platform, but Twitter was being used by the left um, as a tool to set precedent, right? Uh, when they would ban somebody on Twitter, for example, for this view or that view, the media would pick up on it and then it would get blown up and the left would then use that as ammunition to go after conservatives, voices of dissent, And that's what they're so upset about, right? I mean, I'm not going to get too much into it. You've heard other people wax eloquent, I'm sure, about the the Twitter files, right, that have been coming out. And, you know, one of the things you saw was this, shockingly, it was very, very debated about the decision to kick then-President Donald Trump off of the platform, to deplatform him. And, of course, they could not cite any of their own regulations or rules, which actually would have justified removing him for the platform. And one of the key discussions they had was, what about the precedent? You know, this has never been done before. We are going to abolish a sitting president of the United States, remove his ability to speak freely and use Twitter. And they decided to do it. 
and the precedent was set. And that's really what Twitter was being used for. Now, you know, stick with me. We're going to get into the the, the re-education camps coming to a city near you soon. But look, the, the left is seeking right now to, and I mean this seriously, this is not hyperbole. They're seeking to criminalize Christianity. They're seeking to criminalize, obviously, free speech, certain free speech, criminalize conservatism, criminalize voices of dissent. And the corruption in our own government is so vast that I got to be honest with you. You know, we are living in an illusion if we believe that there's much difference between the United States of America and our government right now and that of communist China or that of Venezuela. America is in a free fall right now. And our country is slipping away so quickly right now, so quickly. And there seem to be no ramifications. And now that you have, of course, the prospect, well, it's, very, it's a real prospect. It's going to be happening very soon in the next year. The Republicans taking back the House and promising investigations of, of Democrats, of Hunter Biden, which, of course, leads to Joe Biden. Um, the Democrats are very, very worried, very, very concerned. And the more desperate they are, the more they lash out. The more they uh, act unrestrained, if you will. Um, so, I, you know, before I lead into these cuts of, of, of Joe Biden the other day, you know, some people call him divide and Biden, and that's exactly what he is. Um, you know, one of the revelations, you know, Elon Musk, so I think his name was Yoel Roth. He happens to be gay. He was leading, uh, you know, one of the divisions there at Twitter about security and so on and so forth. And this is somebody who was a, a rabid leftist who was key in and instrumental in getting Trump deplatformed, instrumental in censoring uh, conservative voices on there, uh, stamping out any voices of dissent. This is who he is. He's an activist and he's dangerous. And I, as I might have just mentioned, you know, he happens to be gay and he wrote a thesis uh, in college uh, about essentially allowing younger adolescents to have access to, uh, you know, gay dating platforms, uh, pornography and so on and so forth. Uh, this is a very, very uh, sick, perverted individual. And Elon Musk pointed that out. He quoted, he posted a picture from that thesis. And now Joel Roth and the media is out there saying that Elon Musk has put Roth in danger. That's right. That's right. Calling him out, simply posting an excerpt from his own thesis. Well, that's dangerous. And Roth is saying, and the media is reporting that he was forced to flee his million dollar home because of threats. Now, people aren't outside his home. Uh, picketing uh, and screaming at him like they did in the cases of the Supreme Court justices who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. No, no, no. The left had no problem at all with that. No problem. At all. They didn't condemn it. They encouraged it. It was a violation of the law. And they did not lift a finger to stop that from happening. But Roth here, who is citing some kind of threats. And by the way, welcome to my life. Welcome to our world where threats are as abundant as stupid, mindless Democrats, okay, in California where I live. You know, that, 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 so I, you know, boo-hoo, 
cry me a river Roth. You know, look, I don't, I'm not supporting any kind of violence against anyone. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, the left is acting like, oh, you can't even call out Roth. You can't talk about any Democrats because, oh, my gosh, there are threats against them. Well, they don't care when that happens to us. And we don't sponsor violence like they do. But, you know, my point is, this is all a bunch of shtick. This is theater. Now, show me, show me the receipts, uh, you know, Roth, about, you know, what kind of danger you're in. But, you know, I, I, they do this every single time because they want us to shut up, right? So we say something, we speak the truth, we call out Democrats, and the next thing you know, you know, they're, they're writing their own emails to themselves and sending it to MSNBC and the Washington Post to tell, tell us, tell me, Drew Allen, your words of hate are getting people threatened. They're dangerous. We need to silence you. So that's where this is going. So, you know, look, th- th- this, is, this is where the Democrats are headed right now. All right. This is the Democrat tactic. Pay attention to it. Dissent is hate speech. Dissent is hate speech. And meanwhile, by the way, you know, uh, in Detroit, did you hear about this, Captain? They, the school board, I guess, the association there, well, they voted to remove Dr. Ben Carson's name from the high school. That's right. The high school in Detroit was named after Dr. Ben Carson, who was a hero, a hero to black people, might I say, as a white man, a hero who overcame all of these very things that Democrats say black people cannot overcome in this country. Dr. Ben Carson is a giant. And I got to say, you know, I actually did uh, PR for Dr. Carson's book, okay? So, you know, I've had a lot of time uh, uh, spent with the Dr. Ben Carson story and interviews with him and so on and so forth. And he is a great, great man. A great, great man. And he always takes the high ground, by the way. By the way. And uh, but anyway, but because he served in the Trump administration, uh, they've removed his name. They've removed his name because, you know, he might as well be Trump in blackface is what one of the individuals said who supports this. I mean, this is what I mean. It is they are criminalizing. Anyone, anything that is remotely opposed to the Democrat Party or in a different camp. I mean, the. What a joke. Captain, does this sound like tolerance to you? Isn't, isn't the Democrat Party always telling us how they're the party of tolerance? And you know, tolerance to them is blind, absolute obedience to their secular communist principles. And that's what they are today. And this is the big thing, you know. The Democrats, all day long, they talk about separation of church and state. But the Democrat ideology is a religion unto itself, and it does not provide allowances for any differences of thought. And what I'm going to unveil for you today is, is really incredible because, you know, when the pilgrims came over here, you know, the Democrats love to hate on Thanksgiving, but, you know, when the pilgrims first came here, they were fleeing religious persecution. So really, if you want to get into the founding of America, it was based upon religious freedom. And what the Democrats are doing right now is trying to forbid religious freedom. And they are engaged in a full-out assault on Christianity. Christianity. And that's what the, what do they call the bill? Not Defensive Marriage Act. They called it the, uh, the, uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking about, right, Captain? All right. Um, 
so anyway, get 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 clip cut one ready uh, for me, Captain. I want you to hear Joe Biden. I'm just going to play these these clips and comment shortly because I want you to hear what's going on. I want you to see what the Democrats are up to and what their plans are. Um, all right, go ahead and play cut one for me, Captain. And that's why this law matters to every single American, no matter who you are or who you love. This shouldn't be about conservative or liberal, red or blue. No, this is about realizing the promise of the Declaration of Independence, a promise rooted in the sacred and secular beliefs, a promise that we're all created equal. So it's uh, the disrespect for marriage act is what it should be called. But, you know, there he is acting like it's in the Constitution, right? Gay marriage is in the Constitution now, just like abortion is in the Constitution, just like transgenderism apparently is in the Constitution. Critical race theory is in the Constitution. You know, it's amazing. They're reading a a different uh, uh, um, Constitution than I am. Uh, But I think their Constitution, I think they're mistaking the U.S. Constitution with uh, the the dogma and doctrine of Karl Marx. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening here. Um, they, 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 They mixed up their book covers, I suppose. Go ahead and queue up cut two as well, Captain. So I just want you to hear how these people bastardize the Constitution and attack America. And, you know, it's very important to point out. And this is just a a, a fact. Gay marriage. Sue me if you're mad at me, okay? All right. Gay marriage is antithetical to Christian teaching. It just is. It just is. Now, Christianity is not a bigoted religion uh, at all whatsoever. Uh, anybody who is actually familiar with the Bible and familiar with what Christians believe, uh, it is a a a uh, a religion of tolerance, but not tolerance of quote unquote sin. But of course, we are all sinners, every single one of us, and uh, all sins are are equal in the eyes of God. And um, but the point is, you know, as as, as Christians. Marriage, as it has been even outside of that particular religion, and also in other religions, it's the same way, by the way, but marriage is defined between a man and a woman. And so the Democrats understand that gay marriage does not mesh with the majority of religious views out there. And so by trying to force all 50 states, of course, to acknowledge this, um, they are basically forcing Christians to abandon their faith, right? So you have this competition, right, of secularism, the state, which is the Democratic Party, which is superseding your own religious beliefs. And what they're going to do is forbid you from holding those beliefs. If your beliefs that result from, for example, Christianity run counter to what the Democrat ideology is, well, there's no room for you. And in that way, they're basically abolishing and criminalizing your faith. That's what's happening here. That's what they're really up to. All right, so go ahead and play uh, cue up, play cut two for me, Captain. Here's another one, Joe Biden. Justice Thomas went even further, and he wrote the following quote. We should reconsider all the court's substantive due process presidents, including Griswold, Lawrence, Obergefell, that means he thinks we should reconsider whether you got the right access to consent to, to consider. 
whether you have the right to marry who you love. And that's not only the challenge ahead. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. Now, I want you to notice what the Democrats do here. They are also creating an illusion. They are creating in the minds of American citizens a world that does not exist, right? A world of persecution uh, that is not remotely happening. Now, he talks about how you can get married in the morning as a gay person and thrown out of a restaurant in the afternoon. I mean, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life because it's amazing because just the other day you had a group of uh, 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 Christians that were part of an organization that wanted to have a private lunch event in Richmond, Virginia at a restaurant. And they were denied service because they were Christians. Gay people aren't being thrown out of any restaurants, but you know who is? Christians and Trump supporters. You know, remember back in, I think it was, it was 2018 perhaps, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, there, there are many, many stories about this and I've written, I'm writing them extensively about them in my book, which by the way, you know, what the Democrats essentially are doing, they're creating a new Jim Crow in America. This is the irony to me, right? The party of Jim Crow and slavery, which use slavery and Jim Crow, uh, you know, as a means of bludgeoning us into obedience to them. You know, of course, they conveniently ignore their unique and nearly exclusive role in perpetuating those institutions in America. Well, Democrats say Jim Crow is bad, but they have no problem with replacing the old Jim Crow with a, no, with a new Jim Crow, which is what? Discrimination against Christians, discrimination against MAGA, discrimination against conservatives. That's what's happening right now. Your old party, the Democratic Party of Jim Crow, is instituting a new Jim Crow in America right now. It's been going on and it's, it's hastening. It really is. Everyone should be calling this out, Democrats especially. But, you know, the Democratic Party, as I've said many times, is a cult. The Democrat voter is downstream from the Democrat Party, right? The Democrat voter doesn't have any principles that stand alone. They don't push back on the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party changes a position. They promote transgender surgeries uh, for, for minors, for children. And the Democrat voter says, yay, that's a right. Good for them. Whoopee. So anyway, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I think it was called the Red Hen or something like that, but she was she was actually sitting down in a restaurant and she was kicked out uh, when the owner of the restaurant and the staff recognized who she was. That's not happening to gay individuals. And if that had happened to a gay individual, you would hear about it. It would be, I mean, look, Joy Reid, all these people, they'd be talking about it for a month straight, but it hasn't happened. It's just like, you know, the proliferation of, you know, white supremacy in this country is so blatant, so obvious. It's everywhere you go, so much so that Democrats have to go and pay people to dress up like tiki torch wielding, you know, uh, white supremacists, their own people to, to you know, out, I'm talking about the Glenn Youngkin rally, right? Right. Remember that? And then the, uh, the Lincoln Project claimed uh, credit for it. But... You know, white supremacists were so abundant on the right that they had to actually pay Democrat activists and organize them to pretend to be right wing white supremacists. That's how much white supremacy there is in America. I mean, this is outrageous, outrageous. And so here he is perpetu per perpetuating this myth 
that there's you know a bunch of uh, uh, right-wingers out there denying service to gays. Meanwhile, the media doesn't even cover the actual instances of discrimination that are happening in this country that I just mentioned. A white Christian group was denied service at a restaurant because they're Christian. That's what's going on in this country. Who is the bigot here? Democrats, shove it up your pie hole, you, you evil, twisted perverts. All right, cue up cut three for me, Captain. We're gonna, this is the last clip of uh, Joe Biden I'm going to play. And then we're just going to run roughshod over these Democrats today in, in, in only the way in which Drew Allen can, because I love doing this so much. These people are such a joke, such a joke. All right, go ahead and play cut three, Captain. Excuse me, because they support LGBTQ children and families, we have to speak out. We must stop the hate and violence like we just saw in Colorado Springs, where a place of acceptance and celebration was targeted for violence and terror. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they are loved and that we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves. Folks, racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, transphobia, they're all connected. Wow. Wow. So he leaps from cutting off a young boy's penis uh, is healthcare and loving of children to associating anyone who opposes that as anti-Semitic even? What, what, I'm, what, is, uh, what does anti-Semitism have to do with transgenderism, Captain? Am I, am I missing the link here? Is Joe Biden just smarter than me? Can I just not keep up with uh, the clip that his brain is at? Nah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Captain. Brain-dead Biden. There we go. He'll finally have a friend in Fetterman, though. I'd love to see them hanging out and having lunch, wouldn't you? I want to be in the room when Fetterman and Joe Biden sit across from one another and have a conversation. That's going to be a good one. I wonder if they'll both use a teleprompter to communicate with one another. <clears throat> so anyway, I, I mean, th- this, this is insane. So he, this is where we are in America. A president of the United States is um, saying that the castration of young children uh, is a sign of love, that that's health care, right? What used to be torture is now a gender-affirming care. And there is no such thing as a transgender child, by the way. That, 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 that doesn't even exist. There's, there's no such thing. And it is shocking to me that we have a president of the United States, an entire political party, who is openly, openly encouraging young children to question their sexual identity, to question uh, uh, what they are in terms of uh, a biological specimen here, male or female, and to try and convince them to alter their gender. This is the leader of the free world that is suggesting that. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, so there you go. So if you speak out against the mutilation of a child's gender, if you 
condemn these doctors, if you condemn Joe Biden, well, you're a bigot, a homophobe, anti. So this is the point. If you disagree with the Democrats, well, you're guilty of hate speech. You're guilty of hate speech. And now we're going to get into the moment we've all been waiting for as I open the program and let into. So uh, this is happening in New York. I, 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 you know, I dropped everything. I got a million things. We'll see how many we get to today, right, Captain? Probably not most of them. Um, but I dropped everything because I saw this story and it was published at Breitbart and I was absolutely stunned. Stunned. And I suppose I shouldn't be. But, you know, the idea of a re-education camp in America uh, would seem impossible, right? I mean, that's what they do in China. That's what they do in these uh, dictatorships around the world, not here in America. So in New York, Governor uh, Kathy Hochul, she has announced she is uh, launching a special unit to prevent hate and bias as part of what her office is calling an early warning detection system in communities. This new task force comes in conjunction with over $100 million the state has allocated to hate crime prevention. Effective immediately, the New York State Division of Human Rights will launch the Hate and Bias Prevention Unit, which will lead public outreach efforts and responses to communities where they determine hate has occurred. Gee, hmm, what could possibly go wrong here? Uh, You have a Democrat and a bunch of rabid leftists determining what hate speech is and what hate offenses are. Now, I want to point something else out to you as well. So in total, including state and federal grants, there is now over $500 million dollars of funding available to fight hate and bias in the state of New York, which sees approximately 5,000 complaints of discrimination per year. Now, 5,000 cases of discrimination is uh, 5,000 too many, but we live in, uh, well, on earth. This is not heaven, okay? So $500 million of funding, right? And there are 5,000 reported cases. So that's $100,000, if my math is correct, devoted to each case of uh, discrimination. I mean, this is like the IRS thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We need to hire, you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands more, you know, IRS agents. Yeah, yeah. But there's only like so many. You only need to hire, you know, 2000 if you actually going to look at the rich. Well, no, 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 no. We got to do other things. I mean, it's all it's all a lie. It's all a ruse. And they actually tell you exactly what she's going to do with this, by the way. So Taxpayer funds are going to be used to persecute uh, conservatives, Republicans, Christians, whoever they deem unfit uh, in New York. So let me let me. So this money is going to be used uh, for mandatory hate crime prevention training for offenders. These are re-education camps. So let me give an example. This is where this goes. Let's say that me and the captain. We do this show in Manhattan. All right? Let's just say we're in Manhattan. We're on the great K-A, you know, W-A-B-C or whatever it is out there. And uh, I'm on this program today. I'm talking about the transgender issue. I'm talking about marriage. I'm, you know, talking about Joe Biden. 
And so because these people are devoting resources, um, you know, to early warning detection systems, they could say, hey, you know, um, Joel Roth over there in California, you know, he, he was under attack. We have got to do something with Drew Allen before something happens. Nothing's happened, mind you, but we know that Drew Allen's speech is dangerous. We know that there are invented instances uh, of violence perpetrated because of people believing what Drew Allen believes. And so we got to pay Drew Allen a little visit. And we got to make him take some mandatory hate crime prevention training because he's an offender. This is where this is going. I am telling you right now, re-education camps are coming. This is the grand plan of the Democratic Party, which wants to literally make it illegal to have your belief system or your religion in America. And I cannot tell you, Oh, you have it up there, Captain? Pull that up. Here we go. Governor Hochul announces launch of new hate and bias prevention unit within the State Division of Human Rights. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Is that, am I, is that not, is that stunning to you, Captain? That this is happening in the United States of America? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Not any nothing surprises me anymore. But you know, America's going to hell in a hell in a handbasket. And and we I mean, we're we are spiraling out of control right now. And it's just it's one lie after the other. One lie after the other. You know, you had I saw Joe Biden, you know, we had seven point one percent inflation reported now for the last month. And Biden says this is proof his policies are working are working. Now, a little explanation for the low information voter, as Rush Limbaugh would have said out there, about inflation. The prices are never going back down. Do you understand how this works? He can say all day long, oh, inflation 7.1% instead of 7.8% the last month. Well, that's a continued increase. It's permanent. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And wages have not kept up with inflation. So this is permanent. It doesn't matter. You know, he could come back tomorrow, you know, next month and say, oh, look, inflation's only is now 6%. Yes. Well, those prices still are elevated and they're not coming back down. So this is an administration, which by the way, has done nothing to address inflation. And you know, look, everyone's focused on this omnibus bill. I'm, I'm as outraged as you are. God forbid there's a government shutdown. You know, they shut down every weekend. They have, you know, 50 federal holidays in which they don't work and so on and so forth. These people get paid vacations all day long. They can get shut down and they get back paid, retro paid for it. And, you know, I, 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 and this is what's amazing to me, too. The Republicans have no guts and no spine. We, you know, here we have an opportunity. We're going to take back the House soon. And Mitch McConnell and the other rhinos and many Republicans are rushing to get an omnibus spending bill that's going to fund for the next year. For the next year. And that's the goal. And I'm going to tell you something. We are being held hostage by our government. And that's what they do. This is on them. They always get in this situation. You notice this? Every single year. Oh, my gosh. 
We're going to have a government shutdown. We've got to pass this budget. There's so much pressure. Christmas is upon us. We've got to get it done before the 23rd because, you know, Mitch McConnell says he's got to hit the road on the 23rd. You know, he's a senator. You know, he's serving his country, but no, no, no. He's got somewhere to be. And so we have got to get this passed because of Mitch McConnell's schedule with his family by the 23rd. It's very important that this is done by the 23rd. Now, do we have time to really read this stuff and see what's in it and see what we're funding and pick it? No, no, no. Let's just spend the over, you know, let's just spend the $1.5 trillion and then we'll talk about it later. We got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. And this is what they do every single time. And the media predictably says, oh my gosh, a government shutdown. Grandma's going to die. Grandpa's going to die. This person's going to die. You know, everyone's going to die. It's going to be like COVID 2.0 if the government shuts down. And of course, we all know that nothing bad happens when the government shuts down. In fact, when the government is shut down, it is the most auspicious occasion for Americans. Because every time this Congress meets, by the way, we lose a little bit more of our liberty. Every time Congress meets, we lose a little bit more of our liberty. And I'll give you an example of that. So here's something that I haven't seen many people talking about, and maybe they'll get to it. Maybe they're talking about it right now. I don't know. But um, we've got, well, let me see if I can find this story. There's another bill called the Eagle Act is what I want to talk about. So... Oh, what I was going to say about the omnibus too, by the way, Captain. I mean, why, why can't the Republicans grow a pair and say, uh, okay, tell you what, we'll give you the $1.5 trillion. We'll pass it for the next year, but you got to shut down the border. Is that so hard to do? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do anything? We act like we never have any leverage at all. It's incredible. It's just, I mean, look, it's just like the Griner situation where the United States of America and we can't get one of our uh, Marines out of jail over there who's been there since 2018. I mean, there's, there's several of them. And by the way, you know, uh, somebody in the Trump administration came out and said, you know, before Trump, before the 2020 election, uh, Trump's administration had been meeting and having conversations about getting those, uh, those Marines, those military personnel out of those prisons. And then once Joe Biden was elected, guess what? Sorry. Not interested anymore. And Griner, by the way, uh, the reason she's out of jail is because of white privilege, right? Yeah, white privilege. That's right. White privilege in America. White people just get all the goodies, get all the special attention. And that's why a couple of white guys who uh, served their country uh, and actually sacrificed, they're still in jail cells in Russia. And a gay WNBA player uh, is out of jail, right? That's white privilege. Unbelievable. Do you think she'll stand for the anthem now, Captain? I hope so. I hope so. No, she doesn't have any gratitude. That's part of white privilege too, you know? I mean, even if you do take, uh, even if you do select a Griner over a couple white men who happen to be Marines and so on and so forth, well, you know, America's still a racist place. Elect a black president, well, half white, you know, Barack Obama. You know, Captain... Barack Obama is as black as I am. Did you know that? That's right. He has as much in common with the uh, inner city people that he claims to represent as I do. Raised by white grandparents, privileged life, coddled, 
Golden Spoon, Silver Spoon, whatever you want to call it, went to Columbia, had help all the way. That's Barack Obama. This idea that all black people are the same is so outrageous to me. So outrageous to me. It's so racist. It's so racist. You don't hear anybody else talk like this. Oh, I'm black, so I speak for all black people. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay, Barack. Barack, who, you know, is worth $70 million or something like that. Vacations in the widest places on the planet. I mean, why doesn't he go and buy a house in Compton? You know? If he relates so much to those individuals and loves them so much, I mean, why is, why is, he, why is he keeping his kids and his family away from those people that he, he claims to be friendly with? Kind of odd, don't you think? So anyway, you got this Eagle Act that's going through. There's bipartisan support for this. And this is outrageous. So you've got an illegal immigration crisis in this country that we've never seen in our history. It, it, it's unbelievable. And the orders being given by the uh, Biden administration are not to stop the illegals. It's to stop arresting people so that we can make room for the incoming illegals. They love this. You know, uh, Mexican troops and the Mexican government are actually facilitating this, right? I mean, they're they are basically assisting people on their trek through Mexico to America. And this would never be happening under the Trump administration, by the way. He'd pick up the phone, he'd call the Mexican president, and he'd let him have it. I mean, I, I, it's just amazing. It's just, well, we're seeing the dismantling of America. So my point is, so we got this influx of illegals. Uh, we've got wages down in America. Let me see if I can find this headline for you real quick. This is from Market Watch. Um, household wealth is down. It's the second worst on record. Let me pull this up real quick. Just to give you an idea of the current situation in the economy. Household wealth dropped by $13.5 trillion. So there you have it. So we're, doing, we're just doing great here in America. And we've got the illegal immigration situation. And what do we have Republicans and Democrats working on right now? Uh, the Eagle Act. So this Eagle Act which of course is supported by Microsoft, supported by tech companies, supported by all types of corporations and special corporate interests out there who want cheap labor. So this is meant, by the way, to support predominantly Chinese and Indian workers. So tech companies are pushing for this. And what this Eagle Act is going to do, it's going to allow for unlimited importation of cheap foreign labor. And they don't even have to apply for a green card. So, and by the way, the CEOs of Microsoft and Google are Indian born. Look, I mean, I'm not anti-Indian, but I'm pro-American. And it's just interesting to me that you have a couple CEOs for these tech companies who happen to be born in India who are going out of their way to employ Indians. And, And this is part of the thing, you know. I think it's worth mentioning one of the big problems we have in America amidst all of them is that we don't promote Americanism anymore. So here you have a people who immigrated from India and they have risen to the ranks of CEOs of Google and Microsoft, which is amazing. I'm, I'm very happy for them. And what do they do? Where's their loyalty? To India. To India. This is a problem in America. You come here and you don't have any loyalty to America. Um, you know what? Let me pull this article up. I'll, I'll read a little bit of this to you, Captain. So 
essentially what's going to happen is, you know, right now, you know, you, you get these temporary uh, work visas, right? If you're going to come in and work for one of these corporations. And, and, and it, uh, like I said, it's meant to be temporary. And so what this act is going to do is it's going to bypass any kind of difficult situation you would encounter, right? I mean, if you want to stay here and work for 10 years, 15 years or become a citizen, it's a lengthy process. So they're going to cut that essentially. And so these corporations are now going to unilaterally uh, permit these uh, uh, these companies to extend these visas essentially. So without going through the process of getting a green card, what you're going to have is... Um, All right, let me read this to you. Those rules would give government progressives far more control over the nation's labor supply. The power shift would force business leaders to align with Democrats if they want the same cheap foreign workers granted uh, to their commercial rivals. And like I said, this is predominantly going to benefit Chinese and Indian employees, right? So anyway, these temporary visa holders are going to become permanent visa holders. And look, there is so much abundant evidence right now of the infiltration of the communist Chinese in America with the Confucius Institutes, with the police stations buying up farmland. There have been arrests made of people that are, are in the military and so on and so forth. And here we are amidst all of this, making it easier for more Chinese to come into America and work in our companies. I mean, this is a, a double-barreled middle finger uh, to the American citizen. So, I mean, what's the upshot of this? So now, you know what this is? The, the, the Democrats talk about replacement theory, right? White replacement theory, like whites are going to be replaced. Screw that. I'll tell you what's going on. It's the American replacement theory, and it's not a theory. Americans, it doesn't matter what your color is, okay? I don't view the world that way. I don't care what you, I do not see the color of your skin. I, you know, I, I just, I, I fundamentally reject this. And until we get to a place in the country where we start to embrace one another as Americans and stop engaging in this identity politics, we are screwed. We are screwed. We're going to be taken advantage of repeatedly in perpetuity by these malevolent dictators in government who are using this as a cudgel to divide and destroy America. Stop it. Fix it in your own mind. Don't let them do this to you. But that's what's happening. So all this stuff's going on, and the Democrats and Republicans are getting together, and they want to pass this Eagle Act, which is going to basically say, well, we're, Americans get in the back of the line. I mean, we have this inflation situation, right? And wages aren't keeping up. And the Republicans and Democrats are meeting to bring in cheap foreign labor without any safeguards, without slowing it down without being even regulated, essentially? Is that helping the American people? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. All right. I, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't weigh in on this program yet about the uh, FTX situation. Uh, I've gone on some other radio shows and talked about it. And uh, the pundits out there are right. And I'm actually, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of impressed that so many have gotten this right. Um, it seems very obvious to me that the Democrats and some Republicans too, I'm sure, but it's predominantly Democrats, do not want Sam Bankman-Fried talking to Congress. 
They don't want him answering questions. He was supposed to testify on Tuesday from the Bahamas, you know, via Zoom or Skype or whatever online. And, well, he was arrested, taken into custody, and he's being held without bail. Now, if only he'd shot somebody uh, or blown up a uh, a uh, pro-life center, then he would have been released on bail. Uh, but because it's a uh, white-collar crime, you know, they're detaining him uh, indefinitely. And there are a few things to point out here. Now, typically, a case like this would take a lot of time, right? So, you know, it was just revealed a little over a month ago that this Ponzi scheme had been going on, right? That this bankruptcy essentially happened, and we learned of what Sam Bankman-Fried was up to. But of course, we didn't learn about it until after he had paid uh, mainly uh, Democrats uh, in the midterms, funded their campaigns. Now, typically, it would take months to build a case, and then you would arrest him on charges. It's very odd. I, I, I just can't tell you how unprecedented it is that Merrick Garland and his Justice Department already have a case. This does not happen. Even with Bernie Madoff. Even with Bernie Madoff. The only reason Bernie Madoff ended up being arrested swiftly is because he confessed to his sons as to what he was doing. And his sons reported him to the FBI and then Madoff admitted guilt. And so clearly, clearly, I mean, why did they do it right before the testimony? You know, why, why did they do it on Wednesday or th- it couldn't wait? It couldn't wait until Wednesday or Thursday. Sam Bankman-Fried met with Gary Gensler, the SEC chairman. Sam Bankman-Fried had numerous meetings with in the White House with Biden officials over the past year. What did Biden know? When did he know it? What did his administration know? And now you have the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, who's supposed to be tasked with making sure things like the this don't happen, right? Regulating, controlling. And he's he's suddenly, well, he's admitted that this has been going on for a long time. I mean, he wants to have it both ways, I guess. I mean, to me, this is a condemnation of Gary Gensler and the Biden administration. I mean, how is it possible that this guy was meeting with them and discussing? I mean, he had told them he wanted to donate up to a billion dollars to the Democratic Party. Did they look the other way? What did they know? These are the questions that we need to be asking, but we're not going to be able to ask those questions. And here's the thing. This goes to a jury. Those questions aren't going to be raised. That's not the interest of the case. They want this open. They want this just closed as fast as possible. As fast as possible. That's, that's where this is going. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. I got another story here. We got some more time. Good, good, good. So, you know, what, what I think is fascinating, Captain. Oh, show me that again. <laughs> so, uh, Captain and I, yeah, 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 we're waiting for his note, you know. I did not kill myself, right? How long? Oh, man, just, just, everyone should keep an eye on the Clintons, you know. Wherever the Clintons go and they have associates, you know, death ensues. That's for sure. 
Um, oh, did you see the nuclear fusion story, Captain? Wasn't that amazing? I mean, it's pretty impressive, right? I, 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 what I thought was so interesting about nuclear fusion is that the Democrats didn't seem that excited. They didn't seem that excited or enthusiastic. I mean, they're the party of science after all. I mean, I mean, this is, you know, we're basically harnessing uh, the sun's energy on Earth. I mean, that's, that's essentially what nuclear fusion is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's totally carbon neutral, you know, it's non-polluting. But, you know, I, I looked at the Washington Post, I looked at the New York Times, because I was curious, you know. I mean, this is not really good news for the Democrats, actually, nuclear fusion. It's really not. I mean, I mean, in many ways, I mean, they want to push the uh, the transformation right now, right? We need more solar panels and and windmills, and we need to shift right now. And so I, they did what I expected. Basically, it's too little, too late for nuclear fusion, right? One of, one of the most advanced, most impressive scientific uh, discoveries, successes in human history, and that's how big this is. Human history is downplayed by the Democratic Party because we just don't have time. We don't have time, folks. They have moved the goalpost again. 2030, uh, you know, we've got to be at least 50% carbon neutral, I believe, is what they're saying now. And so, you know, this changes nothing. This changes nothing. We've just got to double down. We've got to destroy the economy. Forget the fact that, you know, nuclear fusion uh, could be one of those things that's beneficial uh, we've still got to double down on eliminating uh, all fossil fuels as we know it. And so, you know, I, 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 was, I, was, I was eager to see how they would react to that. And they did exactly uh, what I expected them to do. Exactly what I expected them to do. And uh, do, you, do you think that cinema, Captain... Uh, do you think that there's any change here? She says she's going independent. Do you, do you think there's, does it mean anything to you? Yeah, not if she's still on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen some media reports out there and the Democrats actually don't seem that upset by it because they know it doesn't mean anything either. I mean, she voted something like 93% of the time for Joe Biden and his policies. And, and I'll tell you why she did this, by the way. This is a strategic move on her own part. You know, uh, the, the Democrats were looking to primary her uh, anyway because they're upset that she didn't go 100% along with Biden's agenda. And so uh, this has nothing to do with her rebuke of the Democratic Party. It's just a play for her own political livelihood. So she's still going to vote party line. And uh, it's just about improving her chances because, look, she's up for reelection in 2024. That's what she's thinking about. And she's been all over the map anyway. I mean, she supported the Green Party at one point and, and so on and so forth. So now she claims she's independent. So, you know, I mean, I, I guess when I first saw that, that story, I thought, whoa. And then, uh, you know, four seconds later, I realized it's actually completely meaningless, uh, a waste of time. Um, one of the other things out there that I'm told all the time is that you know, we can't talk about George Soros and his connection to the Democratic Party, right? This is a myth, right? This is a conspiracy theory, I'm told. George Soros and the Democratic Party. Stop spreading conspiracy theories, Drew. Um, 
Well, guess what? It's not a conspiracy theory. If it is a conspiracy theory, it's very odd that a Biden official hid info about meetings with George Soros. That's right. That's right. So Chairman Gary Gensler, Gary Gensler, right? The big guy who uh, dropped the ball on the cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme. Well, uh, he met. He met with not only George Soros, but also Secretary of State Hillary, former, I should say, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And um, he, he, he didn't include it on his public calendar. He just showed he had staff meetings, but his private calendar said differently. Interesting. Now, why would Ginsler? Responsible, responsible for the Security and Exchange uh, Committee. Why would he be hiding from the public the fact that he is having meetings with Soros and Clinton? It's very odd, isn't it? The most transparent administration in American history. It seems that George Soros, once again, not only is he the biggest donor to the Democratic Party, but he seems to be lobbying. He has an intimate connection with this Biden administration and an ability to influence their policies. Now, imagine if Donald Trump (coughs) had met with, I don't know, pick your whatever billionaire out there and hid it from the public eye, someone in his administration, it would be front page news. And of course, the Democratic Party doesn't care about that. Oh, you got a picture of Gensler up there? Look at this guy. Is that him, Captain? Man, that's a handsome fella. So if you can imagine for those who are just listening around, Gary Gensler, um, he looks kind of like a little bit lighter skinned. Well, he's white, right? So he looks like um, uh, Lori Lightfoot as a man. He's, you know, he's got the eyes bulging out of his head. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely got alien features. And, uh, you know, they're <laughs> I got to say, man, you know, if, if, if uh, if there was a beauty contest, you know, Republicans would beat them just like we beat them on the baseball field. I got to tell you, our women are hotter, our men are, I'll call them hotter too, whatever, you know. But then again, it'd be very confusing because we would know what a man and woman was, wouldn't we? That would be a difficult competition for them to engage in. So, uh, so anyway, so George Soros is in there, Clinton's in there, and, um, you know, you know, he also had meetings with Nancy Pelosi, uh, this consultant named Minion Moore, uh, another big uh, Democrat. And so I just, I mean, this stuff, it's just amazing. And we're supposed to care about, I, I, I don't know, you know, whatever the Democrats, you know, issue du jour is. Um, I, I was in the car yesterday. And I, what I love about radio is it's just on. You come in, you hear a snippet, and sometimes it's brilliant. Sometimes it's what you need to hear. And uh, I don't have a lot of time anymore, unfortunately, to listen to much much radio myself. I'm too busy. Um, But Mark Levin was on, the great one. And uh, he was discussing, he played a clip from CNN or MSNBC, I forget which one it was. But, you know, the Hunter Biden campaign is lawyering up, lawyering up. And they are very fearful of investigations into Hunter Biden because we all know that the Hunter, all roads lead to Joe. 
I have explained this before, and I will reiterate it here today. The Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Uh, Hunter Biden was not using his father, right? He was not using his father to leverage anything. It was the reverse. Joe Biden was using his son to enrich himself, is what I'm trying to say. This wasn't from the mind of Hunter Biden. This was from the mind of Joe Biden. This is how the Biden family operates. And they started doing this in 2012. And the Democrats, what you're going to hear a lot of, and just prepare yourselves, is uh, I think they call them counter arguments. Counter arguments. Now, counter arguments is another word for propaganda. Counter arguments are what the Democrats are going to be engaged in to try and dismiss the revelations that are both current and forthcoming about corruption. And if there is one thing this uh, Republican-controlled House needs to get to the bottom of, it is the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden situation. There are many things that need to be looked into. But that is the one the Democrats fear the most. They do. Um, They've tried to dismiss it. We saw what they did in in 2020. You know, labeling it Russian disinformation. They did not want that story out there. And then they had to admit the Hunter Biden laptop was real. And now they're trying to say there's nothing to see here. And unsurprisingly, Mitt Romney thinks it's a waste of time. Mitt Romney did not think it was a waste of time to investigate Trump-Russia collusion. And remember what the Democrats said. We have to get to the bottom of this, even though it was based on a fake dossier. And now we have a real laptop with all this incriminating information. And Mitt Romney wants to say this is a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. It's the most important investigation that needs to be conducted in the United States of America. Because the Biden crime family syndicate is in the tank with the communist Chinese and other enemy nations around the world. And, you know, one of the points that Mark made was when you get into these suits and so on and so forth, you know, you're able to have a wide scope, right? When they did the Mueller investigation, right, they didn't find anything on Donald Trump because there was no evidence of collusion. But they used that, just like they did the J6 committee, to look into anything and everything they wanted to, even if it was unrelated. And so this is what we have to do. We must engage in the same behavior as the Democratic Party. But we, of course, are not doing this simply because we're partisan. We're doing it because it needs to be done. It's the right thing to be done to be done. And there is reason to back it up in justification. But the Democrats are going to be obstructing this. And what Levin pointed out was one of these lawyers went on TV and said he's going to harass, he's going to blackmail any Republicans uh, who are going to be on these committees and so on and so forth. So that's what's going on now. Now, if Republicans had done that and come out and engaged in that behavior, it'd be the end of democracy. But that's what's coming forward with, 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 uh, with the Democrats now. I mean, look, we, we are at war right now. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a moral war. It's a spiritual war. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a war of principle and integrity. 
And the Democrats are using everything at their disposal to defeat us. And they're gaslighting us. I mean, I, I still, I, I, I sit here and I think about what Hochul's doing in New York. You're going to see this rolled out in other places. And it's just, I guess it's stunning to me that you can have so many Democrat voters out there oblivious to this. But what can you expect? They don't listen to the Drew Allen show. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Maybe they'd learn something. But that is what I find, right? I mean, the things that we talk about on here day in and day out, many of you are aware of these issues as well, because we are the most engaged uh, citizens in this country. But the left, I mean, you have people who are intellectually, at least in terms of, you know, their IQ that are intelligent, but they're also the least informed Americans in this country. <clears throat> I mean, they, they just, they live in this alternate reality. And that's what the, the Democrats and Biden are doubling down on. That's why they're giving these speeches. That's why they're going on TV. And they're just saying, once again, any kind of dissent is criminal. And now they're laying further... Um, you know, setting setting in motion like they're doing in New York there to really target and come after you using taxpayer money to fund re-education camps for American citizens. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous. All right, folks. Well, it's good to get back in the saddle with you this week. Um, thanks, Captain, for making the time to, to do this today. And, um, and I'll be back with you soon. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all, and until next time.